Blog Talk Radio. You know, we celebrate so many things in our lives, birthdays, weddings, accomplishments, anniversaries. But do we really, truly celebrate? Life is to be celebrated. There is an intimacy to life. 
a sacred sensuality that when acknowledged is automatically celebrated and it brings about a deep connection to source as well as intimacy with ourselves, others, and all that we create. And celebrating sacred sensuality is not what you may think it is, so stay tuned to learn more. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. This is a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energy awareness. My guest this evening is Kalyani. She is a spiritually inspired visionary, producer, artist, and founder of Stargate Alliance Films and Media, whose mission is to inspire humanity through offering alternative visions and empowering tools for global soul transformation. It is Kalyani's dream to offer herself as an instrument for the betterment of humanity and uplifting of consciousness on this planet. She says her deep, heartfelt connection with Source is the driving force and fuel in everything she co-creates and assists in bringing forth. So welcome to the show, Kalyani. Thank you so very much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Uh, I'm being wonderful. Thank you, T, for inviting me here. Really pleasure. Uh, I'm th- I'm so thrilled. Your videos are absolutely beautiful. The imagery, along with the sound, is spectacular. However, I found them to be far more than vision or hearing typically allows. Your videos are an art form that not only transforms our senses, but it seems to transport our beings to another place. And I don't mean just physically. I I do want to go wherever they were filmed, but more importantly, there was a transportation of consciousness. It was definitely felt and very, very real. You know, I became so relaxed, and connecting to source was very quick, rather like going to level when I'm doing a meditation. So you have created these stunning works of art that feed at all levels, physical, mental, emotional, and deep within the soul, at least that was my interpretation of your creations. And I have so many questions, but I'd like to start with the first one. If you would tell us, how did you come to create these works of art? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the the hardest question to answer because I'm not really <laughs> doing it myself. You know, it's, it's a confluence of um, energies that are, coalescing by the universe and coming together with the help of, of friends and time and uh, the inspiration above all that that came from that source, you know, that wanted this to to be um, something to be um, uh, out for, 
for being, um, you know, uh, utilized and digested and delighted or by the public, you know. It was just um, no, it was very uh, fluid, I guess. And um, But it's very difficult to, ex- to explain, you know, where it all begins because it was a process that began many years ago and how the inception came through and how things lined up on the linear side of things because there's the non-linear element where it's more fluid and spiritual it's energetic it's emotional and uh, feeling tones and you know all these um beautiful universes that exist within us and and uh, they're not really physical and then there's the physical aspect which is how everything lined up, how the team came together, how uh, you know the people contributed to it. But um, this this journey with the divine feminine started um, back in 2003, I would say. Um, my first contact with uh, what we call today the divine feminine or the sacred feminine came to me, and I think that's where this is seeding from right? This whole entire process mm-hmm. here, the music and everything I do now is connected to this sense of uh, purpose that was given to me very clearly that awakened me, you know, in that sense, very beautifully and took me through a journey, a pathway of learning, a pathway of diving into it with all my senses, uh, my mind, my body, uh, my heart, uh, my soul, and all parts of me slowly integrating. And then this urge to actually share this with humanity became unbearable. It was like I needed to share uh, all that I, I feel and all that I, I I understand and know and love and feel inclined or have a sense of purpose with in a and the music came through. It was just um, a very beautiful time in my life um, that um, I was involved with um, the making of a, of a, a, an international music um, cultural uh, platform, a peace platform called Peace Link. And uh, at that time, I was... Um, really um, just receiving the information, you know, for this process. And I remember I was supposed to go to India, and the trip was canceled, and everything in my life cleared up. And for those two weeks, I, you know, I was just completely diving into what is it that I would like to do um, next in, in my life, which, which project would be coming through. And uh, the music was clearly, I went into a process of meditation and the music was clearly there. And I thought to myself, but I I don't really know how to make music. I have never sung before. And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the divine was telling me, no, absolutely, you have to do this and it is you. And I'm like, no. And I wanted to create, you know, something that um, was more linked to a documentary about the divine feminine historically, poetically, uh, mythically, uh, including all different aspects of the divine feminine, what it means, what is our connection to our past in terms of that, um, and where are we at and where we are going. 
And then um, I thought to myself, music is such an incredible component for everything. It's the life, it's the soul of every movie. Mm -hmm. If you ever try to watch a movie and take all the music out, it it has no soul. It has no heart, really. So Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, you know, then let's see what comes through. And the universe lined up everything for me, lined up meeting a composer within two weeks and... Yeah, and the courage to walk through that door was just, you know, I had to do a lot of work on myself. I just have to walk through. Yeah, well, and there you go. That's the thing, though. You were aware, and you knew what was happening, and you took the courage. You took action. Many people will not. They'll be aware somewhat, and they'll say, oh, well, that was an opportunity that missed. But you took it, and I will say you took it and went with it uh, uh, the whole nine yards. I mean, you have (laughs) taken this. It's it's an incredibly beautiful beautiful thing um the the videos that you have your debut video namu's invocation now that one garnered more than two million views on youtube and it was number two on the billboard single shot earlier this year so when did that one come out well um to be 100 percent honest with you that came out in 2011. It, the inception of it and the the vocals came in 2011. And I was so scared. I walked away from it. In 2012, I didn't even look back. I went uh, around the world traveling, and I didn't even want to face it. And people were like, well, I heard you recorded something. I'm like, yeah, 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 but it's just for, you know, for a documentary. I haven't really begun shooting. And it's going to happen when it comes. You know, I'll let you guys. It's just music for this documentary. And I didn't really want people to know about. There was something so big <laughs> about it that I I wasn't sure I was ready for it, you know, and what it meant. And I really didn't have a preconceived idea or a desire to be a singer or a musician in any way. It was just something that happened. So... I had to take my time to really adapt to the idea uh, and how would it be out. So eventually a few of my friends, a few of my friends heard it and some of them just started crying in in front of me, just literally. Because usually I couldn't even hear it with my eyes open or even standing because I would get really weak in my legs and I would feel these uh, zaps, spirit, spirit zaps up and down my body and I would get very dizzy, so I had to sit down. And so my friends would say, just play it for me, I want to hear it, I want to hear it. So I would put it in the old CD, you know, CD player, put it in there. Um, and um, I had not launched it, not even done a, a soft launch. And some of them would just cry so so intensely and out of joy. They didn't know how to explain why they were crying, but it was a relief and and a healing cry. And a feeling mm-hmm. of, you know, something beyond them, a voice that was hidden in them, that was speaking for them. It was so beautiful. And even I, it was bigger than what I could even understand. And, it, you know, slowly, I knew in my own way what it was for me. And to see that reflected mm-hmm. it was profound, you know, because I knew how it moved me. And so I, I just, and one of them just grabbed my hands and said, you can't keep this to yourself. I said, but I'm not a, I'm not a singing artist. I'm not, 
planning to come out with music, you know, and be a singer. This is not my calling. I have other things I want to do. And I said, but you have to release this. You have to release this. And I said, okay. So I kept, you know, shuffling that in. And in 2013, I said, you know what? If I'm going to release this, and maybe this is the only thing I'll ever do, I am just going to release it with a beautiful video to honor it properly because I I did want to honor the feminine. And so um, we created the video. I brought the team together, and, uh, you know, we we went out and shot, and, uh, and it came out this beautiful. It was a lot of fun, and it was a beautiful experience to travel to, you know, uh, Mexico and go to uh, Death Valley up in Northern California and Mono Lake and and to the Mayan Riviera in Mexico and visit those sacred sites and and just beautiful shooting underwater. You know, it was just an adventure and it was so exciting and beautiful and very seamless. And it's so funny because we kept seeing that there should be a lot of wind, you know, and I thought, well, we're going to have to rent those fans or something. And every place mm-hmm. we went in a period of three, four months, even more, because we didn't shoot everything in a single month, we, you know, we had to schedule according to weather, availability of time from the crew, and, you know, things get in the way, other pe- you know, my family, my children. Mm-hmm. So we 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 scheduled it within like a, it took a, a whole like a few months, maybe even a half a year, to shoot the whole thing. And um, every time we were in a location, the winds were blowing. And no matter what time of the year, when it was, it was like mm-hmm. we didn't plan. Twenty-seven mile an hour winds. You know, no matter where we were, the winds were just blowing. You can see how the dresses are flying away. <laughs> In every yes. color, and it it was just like um, like uh, divinely, you know, ordained. It was really beautiful how everything came out together in such a. Sometimes beautiful. I think that well, most times actually, I think that the universe gives us an idea, and it needs to be nurtured. And we sometimes think we're ready to to let it go, and and things hold us back. And then there are other times where we hold it back, and it's just waiting for everyone else to be ready and the timing to be right for us, because it is all about timing, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that's probably yes what happened. To to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even yeah, when we say we yes, to it, we have to still continue to work on it. It's still right. like, it's still That's there, right. and it needs more work. When you know, we're still going through it. You know, <laughs> and that's the best part. The journey really is the best part. Going through it and seeing what it is that you're creating, no matter what it is. I mean, I find music to be extremely soulful. It's motivating, inspiring, and for me, it's extremely spiritual. It's what what moves me to do better work and to create from yeah. source, knowing that I'm being guided in whatever it is that I'm yeah. creating for myself or my patients and my community, whatever it may be. And, yeah. and that's obviously true for you as well, because these are, these are not just videos. These are not just music videos on YouTube. These are works of art. These are creations. Yeah. These are moving, yeah. especially, and I think listening to it, because at first I, I was listening to it as it was playing, and I wasn't really watching because I was multitasking, which, you know, you shouldn't do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do that all the time. Then when I, 
go wherever this place is because this is incredible. It does something totally different to you when you view with the music versus without. So I get exactly what you say. If you took all the music out of movies, you just have people talking to each other. It would be quite boring. You need those. Yeah. Well, it's the vibration that, that, that goes into our being. That's what we hear. I mean, I have deaf people that I play my quartz crystal singing bowls for. Now they can't hear. It's the vibration that moves them. That's what's doing it. So yeah, it really is uh, striking. Now, so that was your debut video, but since then you now have tears for Inanna and that is another video that's out Uh, again, gorgeous, beautiful artwork, wonderful creation I guess, you know, is there a story behind that one? Because uh, from yes. what I understood, yeah, she, there, this, is a, this is a mythical person, a mythical, mythical being, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some view it as myth and some, <clears throat> some historians attest to the existence of Inanna as um, a real being. So yeah, I'm not here to... I'm not here to actually um, sell an idea or not, or I'm not here to convince right. anybody of anything. I'm using this as an inspiration for art to be created mm-hmm. and to uh, allow the art to inspire us and also inform us. And I think getting to know our past more um, directly is also a valid thing, you know. And I think Inanna. Um, you know, inspired me, inspired me, uh, touched my heart, touched my soul in a very special way. Um, as a mythic being, so did Namu and Namu's invocation. They're all linked to the our beginnings, I guess, of our civilization in uh, Samaria, which there's a lot of controversial material and complicated contradictory uh similar to some of our you know sacred texts you know they seem to contradict each 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 other page has a contradicting value or it could be interpreted differently but um i found a thread that took me to the places that i felt were the purest the oldest the least tainted for example, if you search the Sumerian uh, lineage, uh, the history of Sumerian civilization, you, um, which is, they say is the birth of our civilization, right? Um, uh-huh. um, when you get to the Babylonian times, which is information that is mostly present in uh, the Internet, it's actually no longer Sumerian. You see the confusion? It's Akkadian. When you're in Babylon, it's already transitioned between Sumerian and Akkadian. And there's a lot of new things and new things that were added. And the original tablets, they're called the Enuma Elish tablets, uh, they have been just changed. They changed the story to fit the new agenda, you know, Uh, the new politics of the time. So the pure, the more pure I feel, the farthest back we go. And the oldest, you know, my Alice tablet I came across, um, there were three versions at the time that I knew of, but they keep digging stuff out of the earth, you know? Beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That civilization had, I guess, advanced technology. They were uh, geneticists. Um, 
and they were astronomers. They knew the location of the planets because those tablets that are like four or five thousand years old, six, eight thousand years old, they're, um, they have the depiction in relief of our solar system when we hadn't even, you know, Copernicus and all those, uh, you know, astronomers of later days after, you know, um, mm-hmm. Greece and Rome, much, much closer to us or nowhere to be found. I mean, how could those people know about those things? And they're part of history. It's just that we come from a place that when we don't understand, we kind of hide it. And this is what we've been accustomed to. A lot of our population has been in the dark about what very few um, people in the higher you know, educational levels of society have been privy to. If you get to be a uh-huh. PhD scholar and professor of ancient history, you have to deal with this. But it's not in the news, on the 8 o'clock news, you see? But there is Should people... Should yes. I found books written in the 1800s, you know, about the civilization that is corroborating stuff that other experts in sumerology like Samuel Noah Kramer, you know, uh, one of our greatest sumerologists um, has attested, you know. Um, there's a beautiful recording of a lecture he gave, I think in 1990, and it's on YouTube, and anybody can Google, is The Sumerian Woman, I believe it's called, by Samuel Noah Kramer. It's a paper he wrote, and he he even said, I'm an extreme expert. He's like an extreme expert in sumerology. He translated thousands of um, of tablets, and he was also the honorary, uh, what do you call it, the person who took care of these tablets. He was uh, for the universities. Oh. He was one of the collectors or or that oversaw the collections of the museums or universities. Like the curator. The curator, yes. Mhm. 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 Exactly. Wow. So, wow. yeah, and he has a beautiful, very clear, wonderful the view he has on that actually was a gift to me because it just came to me recently this recording because all that I've uh, learned from the civilization and from this myth or from this goddess was uh, very it took me in many different rabbit holes for the last 8 years. I actually have been in and out, uh, in touch with this uh, historical um, process. And I'm not saying I've continually studied it, but I've come in and out of it for eight years. And I did most of my intense research between 2011 and I would say 2013, 14. I launched... Namu's invocation in 2013, at the end of 2013, and a soft launch without much promotion or anything, just the music, and I put it out. Uh-huh. But nobody knew about it. So in 2014, we released the video, and that's when uh, my friend Dia, you know, my beautiful friend, who I didn't even know that she did this, she said, oh, my God, I love <laughs> this. I would love to, you know, uh, PR you and send this out into the world. It's so beautiful. So she stepped in, and I didn't even know this was possible. Again, serendipity, you know, just uh, 
feeling like things are just aligning. The toughest job, the hardest work was on myself. It's like me wanting to really uh, step out with it and stand with it and talk about it, be clear about my message, understanding what it meant to me fully and how why why it was important and why it needed to be shared because everybody was telling me it needs to be shared but I thought you know as a movie beautiful it's part of a much bigger context but in song and it became this beautiful metaphor you know and it's just a calling a very subtle calling for some and a very strong for others you know and to some people mm-hmm. they're going to think this is all miss and it's beautiful, but it's just... And some people are going to dive deeper and go and research for themselves. And this is the beauty of it. There's no agenda here. It's art informing us on a soul level, on a frequency level, and also on a mental level. If you want to go and learn something from this, you're welcome to do it. You're invited to do it. And it's your own journey. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any attachments to what happens to mm-hmm. every person about how they look at this. Art is art. You know, art is beautiful right. because of this. You have this freedom to express something, you know, that is just mystical, mystifying. It may be comprehensible, maybe not. But it is it is giving a message of the sacred feminine reawakening. To me, it's a message of of you know, how the goddess is is becoming more present in our awareness, in our society, in our culture, as as part of our feminine uh, um, inheritance, in a sense, spiritually, and also what does it mean to be connected to our feminine for both men and women, you know, just in a society that has uh, yeah, been so, so dry and, and lacking in that in terms of the culture, in terms of where, how we do things, what we value and what we devalued, and to relook at those places and see where where we're at and if we want to continue to go that way. And why not And what is missing, the other half of the Godhead, I call it, you know, because God to me is really genderless. And But, mm-hmm. you know, when God is whole, it has those beautiful masculine qualities and it also has those beautiful feminine qualities. You know, men are masters in courage, you know, in strength, you know, in 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 this, you know, electric energy that pushes, you know, that conquers, you know, and there is validity to it that is very mental and methodical and and the feminine has this magnetic, attractive energy that's more connected to the heart and to the body and it's a very intuitive and it's connected to the feelings it's not denying the feelings it is softer more nurturing it's more um you know more uh nourishing yeah so and it cares um it's more integrated with nature too so i think it the divine feminine is coming to remind us that we need to reconnect with nature. 
um, the mind has taken us into science, and science has taken us into an extraordinary alchemical discovery of chemistry and physics and the laws. And it, it gives us a little bit of arrogance, you know, and a sense of we can we can do it better than nature. And we're being humbled now because we've created so many poisonous things with our alchemy. The environment is poisoned with chemicals that are destroying our planet. We really didn't know what we were doing, but now we're becoming conscious of it. There needs to be much more regulation about the chemistry we put in the world, the things that we throw out in our ocean waters, how we pollute the environment with our arrogant ideas about we can just mix elements and create more chemicals without understanding how nature is our home. And if we don't work with it, if we don't respect it, we're not going to be around. You know, we're not going to be... And I think that... I think right now there's a, there's a, there is a movement to where there are, you know, uh, medicine and spirituality and all of the sciences are coming together as one and they're realizing there is a spiritual side to the, to yeah, the quantum to, physics. To physics yeah. and, exactly. And, but this is all about balance too. And, and one of the things that I read, I think it was in your press kit was that um, Inanna was said to have taught much of what we know about civilization. And then I believe you stated that she also taught us that the sexual union is in fact a sacred and spiritual yes. act as opposed to a sinful one, rather yes. a holy and powerful energetic offering that can, when done with reverent intention, release harmonic frequencies for the manifestation of balance in every dimension of being. And I think that's key, that people need to realize there has to be a balance. And when you put the power of sex with anything, the energy is so strong. The vibration is so high because you are in an intimate relationship with someone when you're on that level. Not sex for sex, but sex, the sacred union. There's a huge difference between one and the other. And to be able to teach people that and let them know that this is, this is part of what Inanna is about Really, it comes through in the video, but the verbiage that could go with it to let people understand that this is very soulful. This is very deep. It's an intimate connection with your own self, with others, with every relationship you have and with all that you create. Because without that fuel, without that, without that fire, you won't create in the way that you have created, which is clearly demonstrated through all of your, your art form here, all of these videos that you're doing. It's clear that you get it, that your, your, your fire is burning in a huge way and your passion is out there. It's very clear. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I think the balance plays a huge role. Definitely, definitely. It's all where we're, we're meant to go to create you know, wholeness, you know, and live as thriving people, not striving people, because we are people striving. And the goal, mm -hmm. and I think we're all born with this seed of this utopic dream where we all live in harmony and thriving. And trust me, I have seen it internally very clearly. It's not complicated. It's actually so simple we're the ones complicating it. it yes, is, we are. It is attainable, <laughs> it's doable to live holistically in harmony with each other. 
And I think the sensuality part is an aspect that, uh, the sacred sensuality is an aspect that is so right now in our society with the Me Too movement has been brought to the surface. It couldn't have been, that's why I say um, my music is so free. I am not committed to making albums. Whatever I create has to come from a place of my connection with divine guidance. It has to be purposeful in a bigger sense than just creating music for joy or for singing. Every artist has a different purpose, and I'm completely disconnected from, uh, let's say, um, the ways things were done in the past or how things are supposed to be. I have um, complete freedom with my creation because I'm not over-identified one way or another as an author, which I'm an author too, or you know, a facilitator or um, you know, a psychologist, uh, counselor, or as a musician. I like to flow freely between my, um, my places of co-creation with spirit and with the community so that it's very authentic and true and real. And with the with the Nana, which was also recorded many years ago, came from this. Uh, the moment for it to come out wasn't wasn't there before, and it couldn't have been a better time. You see, this time that we're at, and actually, the I keep talking about it. Uh, there's been a delay on the on the um, you know publication of a couple of very uh, important articles I wrote. Uh, they were supposed to come out last month. They're probably coming out next month. And um, it is regarding uh, sacred sexuality and, you know, where we came from, why we're here now and where we should go, and uh, taking a look at how the degradation of our sexuality has happened from the time when six to 8,000 years ago sex was used as a... Uh, a, a sacred, a sacred um, prayer. It's a, it's a sacred it, act it, of it union. Is. It's a connection mm-hmm. with the unity that God represents, and through that union, we create life. We create children. We create ourselves over and over again. It's the most powerful act of creation. So, if you're talking creator, the creator mm-hmm. becoming creators. We're most godlike when we're in that act, in that sacred act. We have an opportunity to connect with the creative aspect of ourselves, which is connected to if you believe in the creator of all things or in a universal, in a different universe where things birth forth from, or a different awareness or consciousness where all creation births forth. And from so in that moment, how could we have made that forbidden, wrong, sinful, shameful, dirty, distorted? I mean, there are uh, certain elements in our society today, with the objectification of women, and the certain tastes for sexuality that associate women with either babies or young girls or, you know, you got to say that this is all stemming from uh, these um, places in history that have repressed us or made yes. uh, 
vilified everything feminine because there was a period in our life that became very extreme and it was a very dark period where all things feminine were vilified. And Ishtar herself, who is an aspect of Inanna, eventually became vilified, even though she was the most venerated goddess that we know in history. No other god or goddess has existed and has been, from our historical knowledge, worshipped as long as Inanna was, in all her names. Because Inanna, in ancient Sumeria, was Inanna. In the Akkadian period, she was Ishtar. Then she was also the Sawuska from the Hittites, the Phoenician Astarte, the Greek Aphrodite, and she's also associated with Venus, which is the Roman goddess. So she kept changing names, but she came from the same place. It was just different ages of the same old culture. And even though all the other goddesses faded away, she stayed on, even while uh, a more masculine, patriarchal uh a god pantheon was created and you know suff- mm-hmm. kind of suffocating all the other goddesses but Ishtar was so powerful that even the kings were afraid afraid of letting go of her this is how how strong her presence and energy was and what did she represent you know she represented uh, a complete free feminine she was unbound by any models of behavior she was free, you know, to um, to be whatever she wanted to be. So she was worshipped as a sovereign goddess of fertility, procreation, sensuality, love, and she was also a warrior. So she didn't feel like she had to fit a stereotype, and she never did. So the beauty of it is she fits so well between masculine and feminine that Men could relate to her so deeply because she was one of the most powerful warrior goddesses uh, they knew. And she protected them, you know, and she had a lot of knowledge and a lot of... um, She she taught all these ancient um, people um, everything we knew, like in certain regions of the world, together with apparently another seven deities. There's what they say between four and seven original deities from the Sumerian creationary myth who came into the world to teach humanity, right? Some of them say they created Uh us, mixing their genes with the genes of the um, original naturally evolving beings that were here. I would say it could have been the Homo sapiens or whatever, before the Homo sapiens, actually, it would be um, one of the prehistoric men. So that's um, that's exactly where this story took me, and it was very, very interesting to, to journey through. Um, and it's very individual, if anybody wants to go and check that journey and see what it where it takes you, but it's um, very and, interesting, and it's and it's so uh, it, it's almost disappointing because why did we lose all this? What happened that we lost all of this, exactly. and we are where we are now? What well, happened? Where did we go wrong? 
<laughs> yeah, I am not going to go there because it's, it's such a long process, and there's more people who mm-hmm. are more, um, I guess, um, places that you can go that you can learn better about this. I can point, I can do some pointers. You know, checking mm-hmm. the work of um, of someone like Samuel Noah Kramer would be something I would definitely look into. Um, and also books such as The Chalice and the Blade by Rianne Eisler. Um, or, um, yeah, I think actually <clears throat> our beloved um, Alma, you know, um, the, the Hugging Saint, she spoke at the UN and she spoke about this book by Rianne Eisler. That's how I found out about it because I love Alma. Ah. Yeah, you yep. know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm a I think everybody media. does. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she went in the UN, uh, and I, I, rem- I can't remember the year, but there was a, a whole UN um, event about women, you know, and the condition of women in the world. And she was one of yes. the invited guests to speak. And she brought out this book. Um, and another book that you can look at is When God Was a Woman by uh, Merlin Stone. And Merlin passed away in 2011. She has the name of, uh, yeah, Merlin the Magician. It's very unique. Yes. Merlin Stone, yeah. Those are very profound awakening um, places to start, you know. And uh, Mm -hmm. it it is bound to take you on a very uh, beautiful, enigmatic uh, also painful. There's a lot of things yes. that we're going to read, you know, in those places that are going to make us very sad. Um, but it's important to put it in perspective and realize that a lot, a lot of what you were going to read are things that happened in the past, and they stay in the past, and we're moving forward. And we should just, you know, remember that the men that are here today. I have nothing to do with the men of the past. We can't move into the past and blame people, things that were done in the past, and confuse the issues. Um, We have to just bring more awareness around this and, and, and support the men of today in taking the step to embracing the beauty of the feminine inside of them that is there. They know it's there, you know, and clear the toxicity from uh, things that were put in us that didn't really belong to us. They were handed down to us. And right. By, through fear, you know, a lot of it came, unfortunately, through. And we need, to, we need to know those things so that we can learn from them. You know, that's what history is all about, to, to learn what it was that happened so that we can then move forward and not make the same mistakes perhaps you know Mm -hmm. again and now you know you have you're a mom you have four children correct yes girls two boys (laughs) yes i have three boys and one girl oh okay so i'm sorry um so you have four children and i i I, okay 
your children see you creating this and living this life in this sacred way and really coming from your heart. And and that's part of what we try to do on this show is to teach people how to live from your heart. Because if you're living from your heart, you're guided, you're in alignment, you will do what you need to do, you will find your purpose, you will be happier, and you'll be putting out a vibration that allows other people to be uplifted and to be happier just being around you. And that's, that's really what we strive to do. And, you know, on a daily basis, how do your children react to this? Because obviously they, I mean, I'm sure they have friends and they probably see their friends, moms, not necessarily in the same capacity that you are in. So how does it affect the children? (laughs) Very good question. Um, well, you know, I think they observe it um, from the outside, and sometimes they they think it's funny. They think, you know, they have their own ideas. They make fun of me sometimes, or sometimes they just think it's very beautiful and valid. They navigate between not understanding what I'm doing and going like, I really love this. You should do more of it, Mom. You know, when are you going to do more music? This is so beautiful. You know, and because I was divorced for a few years um, and have been, so they lived between two different universes where their father very pragmatic down to earth and I was always very spiritual, and there's two households. So they weren't always immersed growing up in my energy only, and they had this Mm -hmm. opposite uh, polar which is very representative of our society. There's two polar opposites coexisting that are seeking integration at this time, right? And I think Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing to bring forward as well as we see the feminine coming left and right, up and down from everywhere, and it's a beautiful celebration of uh, divine uh, sovereignty in women um, and women claiming their their you know divine sovereign power to be speak embody the divine as well and also in society more free to be a part of any role played by men women taking science women taking medicine and being just as free to navigate worlds like being a firefighter being and you know and integrating all aspects of our being into the community again uh, just like it was apparently existing in many, many ancient cultures, right? And to look at that mm-hmm. and also look at the places where we need to learn from the divine masculine because the divine masculine has some beautiful gifts. And what I what I had to do to be able to step into this and, and step through my fear of talking about all of this and bringing this music and bringing the messages that Divine Mother was sending me into the world was part of a gift from the masculine, which is courage. The masculine, Mm -hmm. one of the most positive attributes, in my view, of the masculine, which women have to step more into, is courage. If I have a message for women out there, every time you feel fear, say it is God asking you to tap into your courage. How can you ask for support to step more into your courageousness? What is it that is courage? Courage is not not feeling fear. 
It is just not allowing the fear to stop you from doing what is what is calling you from your heart, what is inviting you to step into the world as a bigger expression of you and just continue to ask for support from those loved ones around you as well. How can you step forward with courage? And this is a divine, masculine, positive thing that if men are being called now, and women also, because women have become very masculine, you know, the 90s and 80s women are, you know, still very masculine and slowly coming out, you know, um, as we bring the feminine back, women are learning to be comfortable in their feminine and detoxify from those belief systems that said feminine is too soft, too weak, too this, too that, to survive. And we can integrate, allowing all of that to coexist. We can be soft, nurturing, loving, caring, and know how to call in our courage and be fierce as well when we need to be fierce. One thing, to be whole, to be godlike, is not be one thing or another, is to learn to coexist with all aspects of us, knowing when they're called for, making them all blessed, right? It's not just yes. the feminine is the thing. Let's all be feminine now and let's, you know, <laughs> let's just bury the masculine. Yeah, we want to bury everything that's toxic from the feminine and from the masculine. And we want right. to bring balance. out balance and bring out the wonderful qualities of the masculine into women and we have to think about it. What are they? You know, let's let's go into our world and see the things we admire in men that we haven't really conquered in ourselves. You know, women tend to run from rats and cockroaches screaming. I mean, how can mm-hmm. I, you know, how can we just handle that <laughs> in the most, you know, uh, come, you know, women are intimidated by driving giant trucks sometimes. You know, as a household mm-hmm. woman, or I can't drive this, I'm too small. I've seen tiny men driving gigantic trucks on getting out of the yep. truck on, you know, on the five freeway to get, you know, some food into, uh, you know, one of those stations. And I'm like, yeah, if this, you know, guy yeah. was like, you know, shorter than at five, six, you know, can drive this giant, you know, rig truck, any woman can drive a rig Anyone truck. Anyone can. Anyone can. Absolutely anyone. It's the belief systems that we were given by society and teachers and everyone else. You know, that's what needs to change. But we are almost at the top of the hour, Kalyana. I cannot believe it. And I want to make sure that before we go, you can tell our listeners how they may learn more about you, your work, and where they may purchase your songs and how they may view your videos. So go ahead and tell us all that. Well, Kalyani.com. That's that's where mm-hmm. you go. K A L I Y A N I all together. It has an I and a Y in the middle, so it's a different Kalyani, but K A L I Y A N I dot com. That's my website. Uh, a lot of the interviews are being posted there. The videos are there. There's all these things that are going to be added on. You can also go to uh, to Facebook and and friend me there or follow me. Uh, um, you know, on Facebook page, Kalyani Sundari is my second name um, that I don't use on the music, but it's there on Facebook. 
And uh, yeah, and you can always uh, send messages to me from that media, um, the social media aspects, and it's very easy to reach me. <clears throat> and there's a Kalyani music page as well. So just search it and you'll find ah, it. Ah, great. There's lots of us in there. And I have to say, this is uh, you have to look at these videos. They are stunningly gorgeous. It is artwork. It will move your soul. And I would even put out there, because I think anybody who would take the time to go and look this up and listen to it is truly listening to it to gain something, and you will. There will be a shift in you. I guarantee it. It's an energetic shift that you absolutely will feel. There's no doubt in my mind. So, uh, you know, go and Go to the website, Kalyani.com, Kalyanimusic.com. Check it out. It's beautiful. There's so much to see. You will absolutely love it. And I can't thank you enough, Kalyani, for being on the show tonight. Thank you so very much for joining us. I truly appreciate your time here. It's been such a wonderful show. (laughs) Yes, thank you. So much to learn. You are quite welcome. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Now, please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends, or compensation of any kind to anyone. You'll learn about our fundraising campaigns, and you can see exactly where the money goes and how it helps kids in need. So please go to SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on both Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.